it up for Jesus this morning, church. Come on. <laughs> oh, I see that the, the team left the box of Kleenex back here for me uh, after that type of introduction. Um, can I just say I'm grateful? Whew, I'm so excited to be here this morning. Now, um, this is my first time preaching at the Pearl Church for two services, so you're going to have to bear with me. You're going to go along the journey with this, this new person up to, up to, with this subject. But um, I just want to start off by saying thank you. You know, one of the things that as I have spoken at five and in different things with our youth ministry, one of the things that I believe that my parents instilled, and it's a God thing, is that you give honor where honor is due. And so even though they're not here this morning, I want to say thank you. So if that camera was working um, and they were live streaming this, Pastor Doug did joke about that. I think he was trying to make me even more nervous um, that this would be live streamed this morning. But I just want us as a church to just give it up for our pastors this morning. Doug and Donna. I can honestly say that if it wasn't for the two of them, for the sacrifice and the obedience, that the obedient act to come to Denver, that I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for them. I also want to thank our, our other pastors, Pastor Asim and Lisa. Uh, they're not here this morning either, but they run our youth ministry here. Where's Five at this morning? Yes, youth ministry. Um, so I just want to say, parents, that if you do have a young person and they don't come to five, encourage them to come. And young person, I encourage you to come this morning or tonight. I believe that God has something so special in store for this generation. And you're up against so much as it is. But what we would like to do is have you come experience God because he has a word for you. He has a promise that he has just for you. And so come join us. But in saying that, uh, I have had incredible leaders in Pastors Asim and Lisa that they believe in this generation and they walk the walk so that they can pave a way for young people to experience the presence of God. Now, I, I think it's a pretty good problem to have when I'm up here that I have a long list of people that I could thank. You know, as I was sitting there uh, in the front row, I was thinking of the term that it's, it, they, people say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I'll say it takes a church to raise a child, a church to raise a world changer, a church to raise a leader. And so I just want to say thank you, Pearl Church, because you truly epitomize exactly what is on that wall, that you love God and you love people. I have found my family here. When I was on a journey um, a few years ago, I actually found out about the Pearl Church when I was in New York City. Small, small worlds, but all it taught me was that Jesus is in the details. And he brought me here to this house. He brought me here to you. And I honestly believe that you have become my family. This place has become my home. And so I'm going to ask you to do something a little awkward and clap for yourselves this morning. Clap. Because you are an incredible church. What we have here is not normal. And I'm so grateful to be a part of it. So thank you for loving me. Even in, you've loved me in ways that you wouldn't recognize that the love of Jesus that fl flowed through you broke strongholds on my life. And so I just want to say thank you 
for the hugs. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for the encouragement. And I just want to say one special thank you to my family. My family is here this morning. I say thank you because I know that you know very vividly the journey of what it took for me to even just be standing up here this morning. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And that if there are any parents out there, any moms that are interceding for their children, I want to stand up here as living proof that God is faithful to answer your prayers. That I am a product of a mother's heart. That I was the last one in my family to turn and serve Jesus and answer the call of God on my life. And so if there are other people in this room where you're interceding for your family, for your brothers, your sisters, whatever it may be, know that God is faithful to his word. Because my sister sits over here and I often call myself her walking promise because I know that it's, she spent hours, tears, heart-break-wrenching time with Jesus interceding for my life. And so, Kins, I just want to say thank you so much. And I say that just so that somebody out here is inspired and encouraged, that Jesus knows the desires of your heart. He knows the cry of your heart this morning. And so we are in a series called Rooted. I'm really excited about this book um, that we're walking through. Um, if you haven't heard about it, it's, it's a book that was written by Pastor Banning Liebscher of Jesus Culture. And we actually have them out in the lobby. Um, if you are interested, we would love to have you walk through the book with us. We're going chapter by chapter every week. So grab it. It's incredible. It truly has rocked my world and has broken me in a good way. And so I really encourage you, go grab this book um, here. And so last week, Pastor Doug um, spoke to us about why the rooted last. And he really started to lay the land for us when it comes to the importance of a root system and the growth and the development of why our roots are so important. We talked about how oftentimes we really look at the fruit of people's lives or you desire the fruit, but it's the root that is going to produce that fruit. So we need to shift our, our focus and really understand those seasons of life when God is building our root system. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're actually going to continue along in that journey and we're going to jump in to chapter three and it's talking about here the main topic is trust. The main thing that God is after and that's what I believe that I am here this morning because I believe that God has given me a word to share with my family that the main thing that Jesus is after as he develops our root system is our trust. He's after it. He's actively pursuing it. Why? Because he desires it. That the God of the universe, the God that created the world, the God that created each and every one of us, wants to be trusted by you. And so this morning, we're going to open up our Bibles, uh, if you have it. We talk about in youth ministry that we bring our Bibles and our friends, uh, but I know for those of you that didn't bring them this morning, you want to open up your phones, whatever you got to do, uh, we have it up for you on the screen as well. And so I'm going to read this, and then we're going to jump right in. So this is David, and he is singing a song unto the Lord, and he says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, 
and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I trust. And church, if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads, we're going to pray this morning. Jesus, I come before you this morning, God, and I want to say thank you. God, thank you so much for the journey that you have us on, God. I thank you for that moment that you encountered each and every one of us, God, that you saw us where we were at and you chose to meet us there. God, and I'm grateful for the journey that you have us on, that we are getting to know you that much more day by day, Jesus. So I pray that this morning, God, that we would, as we sit back and reflect on our lives, that we would see you, that you would reveal your hand on our lives, God, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what people say. God, your hand, just like the song said this morning, your, your love would break through. God, so I pray that you would just speak to us this morning, encourage us this morning, refresh us this morning, God. And I pray right now, God, that you would just remove me, Jesus, and that you would use me, God, as a mouthpiece, God, because I believe that you have a word that you want to speak to your church, God. So I pray that you would use me this morning, God. We love you so much, and we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm going to read this again. Psalms 18. To the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I trust. And now I mentioned before that, that King David was actually singing this psalm to God. And one of the things whenever I read the Bible is I take a look at why are people saying this? So why is David singing this song to God? And if you read in the description of the psalm, it actually says that David, if, if you don't know the story of David, highly encourage you to read it. It is one of my favorites in the Bible. He was known as the man after God's own heart. But he went through stuff. How many of you have been through stuff? Yeah, how many of you know what I mean when I say stuff exactly? But he, what he's saying here is that he's actually singing a song to the Lord, the words of the psalm, when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And one of the things I find to be really interesting is that as he was listing who God was to him, he, he knew that by faith. You know, we come in here week in, week out. We read our Bibles. We spend time with Jesus in our prayer closet. And we can speak in faith. Jesus, you're my rock. Jesus, you're my fortress. Jesus, you're my deliverer. My God, my strength. But what I love about this is that it's no longer just a declaration of faith. When David is saying this, he's saying it from experience. That God brought him into situations where he would be able to know and experience God as his rock. There have been times that I think of in my life of how I can communicate what God is, but it was only because I can stand firm on the truth that he proved himself to me to be that very thing. And that's what I want to speak about this morning, is that as we list off and we reflect on our lives, I believe David, when he's talking about this, he started to reflect on those moments of declaration, declaration of faith. Jesus, you're my rock, even when he didn't, he didn't know him to be that yet. Jesus, you're my fortress, my deliverer, my God. He, he stood on the word believing it. 
But my prayer is that, that this morning that God would increase your faith and that you would experience this, that you would come to know that. You would come to know him as this for you. Because as David was responding to God from delivering him from the hands of his enemies, what he in turn gave to God was his trust. And so I have the definition of trust for you. Uh, I'm so excited about this. I, I'm kind of a nerd. I know that there are some people in this room that know that about me. Where are my nerds at? You nerds, you take notes. You, you, I have my, my, my boss is actually here this morning, and she, takes, she says I take the best notes. And so we actually have a handy guide just for you so you can follow along and take notes because uh, I know the inner nerd and some of you will come out. And so here I have the definition of trust. And I couldn't pick one, so I just went ahead and threw everything at you. So definition of trust here is the firm belief. Can you say firm belief? All right, I know, if, uh, I know some of you may not be used to interacting, but I am a product of youth ministry, and we like to interact. So can we say firm belief? Yes, in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. A bold, confident, sure security or action based on that security to lean on and be confident in. And now there are two elements of trust that we are going to go into this morning. And those two basic elements are two things. One is intimacy. At the very heart of intimacy is trust. And what intimacy is, is a close, familiar, and usually, and usually an affected, uh, affectionate or loving personal relationship. And what I loved this definition, it says the experience of really knowing and being known by another person. That is what God is after this morning. Now, I don't know if a few of you are someone, have been someone like me, whether it was when I was a teenager or even to this day. I question this. I struggle. I wrestle with the fact that the creator of the universe, Jesus himself, wants to be intimate with me. When I look at, I can look at myself in the mirror and I can see all my flaws, my insecurities, but I'm here to tell you, church, that if you can relate to that, that I believe that God sent me here this morning to tell you that he sees past that, that when he looks at you, he actually sees Jesus. That when he looks at you, he sees that you're flawless. He sees that you're perfect. And he wants to be in a relationship with you. Regardless of what anyone says about you or what you even, in my, my worst critic, what you think about and say about yourself, Jesus wants to be intimate with you. He wants to know you more so that you can know him more because as we trust him more, the closer we let him to us. And that is God's desire. The second element of trust is dependence. And this is relying on someone or something other than yourself. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants you to depend on him. That there are a few people in this room that really just don't necessarily want to go there because they feel like it's a sign of weakness. Well, my God and our God wants to meet you there. He wants to meet you in that very point of weakness so that you can learn and he can teach us and he can prove to you how dependable he is. See, our trust in him, our intimacy with him, and our dependence on him is the main 
thing God is pursuing as he develops your root system. And the only way that he can develop a root system of this abiding connection that we've been talking about as we develop roots is taking us through a process that says again and again, do you trust me? You know, as I'm walking through the, the, the word that God has given me, I also believe that he's asked me to share a little bit about myself so that you, that you can get to know me and that I can just declare the goodness of God because of what he's done in my life. You know, this very question of do you trust me? Church, I ask you this morning, do you trust him? Is he asking you that this morning? You know, growing up as a kid, I, I want to share just this, this season of my life where he asked that question, do you trust me? You know, I, I am someone who was raised in the church. I, I knew of God. My parents made it very clear to me that every Sunday at a certain time, I had to be up, ready, even when my mom was out there pulling the covers off. Any moms can relate to that? No? <laughs> pulling the covers off. Tasha, get up. We're going to church and I told, in the, I told this story earlier in the first service that what they bribed me with, even up until I was a kid, was donuts. Hey, if you go on Sunday, you know they serve donuts after church. Okay, I guess I'll go. But when they stopped serving donuts, how many of you know, don't worry, I made a way to get my donuts. So I actually thought you would, this was just interesting, that we used to, um, me and my friends would actually sneak in to the priest headquarters office and sneak a few donuts he didn't miss it and write anything for the kingdom right I'm sure he doesn't mind just don't tell him so I grew up in church I know who Jesus was I knew of God but there was something in me that just re really looked at him as someone who was up in the sky very distant, looking down on me and judging me for every decision, every word I ever said. And I was terrified that if I made a mistake, that he would like strike me down with lightning and I would die. <laughs> What's interesting, now that I think about it, is the fact that I made mistakes all the time and yet I'm still here. <laughs> I just didn't know the love of Christ yet. But when I was 19 years old, I had a radical encounter with the love of Jesus. And one of the things I, I want to say is that this isn't a pitch. It's, it's something that I just want to share with you. Is that if you feel in your heart this morning compelled to be a host home for the five gathering, I say take a shot at it and do it. And here's why. When I was coming home from college, I was really wrestling with God and the concept of who he was and who, who he was to me. And I was so upset with my parents because they had called me on my way home from finals. I had just poured my heart and soul into tests and papers. And all I did was want to come home and relax. I wanted my own room, my own bathroom, because how many of you, if you've lived in the dorms, those bathrooms are disgusting. Are you, am I right? Okay, I won't take you back there. I know it's nightmares. We'll pray for you after the end of service if you're still scarred from your experience in college. But I get a call from my mom saying, Tosh, um, just so you know, we have 11 girls coming over to our house to stay with us for a few days. And I was so mad. 
I just wanted my own space. I didn't want, who are these people? Why would you do that? Why would you invite strangers into our home? We don't know them. There's 11 of them. Do we even have that much space? Oh, you're gonna have to share your room. What, mom, why? But little did I know what was waiting for me on the other side of my parents' obedience. Because when I got to know these kids, these students, these young adults that just were so radically on fire for God, when I walked into my home, they embraced me. They made me feel at home in my own home because they knew the love of Jesus. And I had encountered other young adults and other young people who were on fire for God, and it just didn't go very well. But God was setting me up. And so I'm here just saying that if you feel that stirring in your heart when someone says host home, that I am the product of a host home, that my parents opened up their home to strangers to treat them as if this is their home. We ate a lot of grilled cheese, we ate a lot of snacks, stayed up late, way too late. But there was one morning where, or excuse me, one night where we actually went to the youth service. Now what's so strange to me, and and God has a sense of humor, is that I didn't wanna go. I'm like, youth service, I'm a college kid. That's for kids, no thank you. But my sisters, who had already responded to the call of God on their lives, and this group of people who just, I was so drawn to because of the way they loved me, they didn't even know me, but the way that they accepted me, I just went with them. And I had the time of my life being able to worship God that way. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I was clapping my hands. I was dancing a little bit. They were all lifting their hands. I didn't know what was going on, so I just observed. But little did they know that in in experiencing that, something started to stir in my heart. And I ran out of the sanctuary and met Jesus in a parking lot. And he said, Tosh, I see you. But what I I say that to say that, that if you are a host home, that God will bless your family in a way that I don't believe my parents would have fathomed that, that I think that they probably desired it, but they had no idea by just saying yes to invite these 11 girls that they didn't know, that it would result in Jesus saving my life. Come on, can I get an amen for that? So I just wanna encourage somebody this morning, be a host home. And whether that means for the five gathering or for life, you know, I've lived in a host home for the last year and a half. I don't know if LJ and Amber are in here. (laughs) But I lived in a host home. They allowed me to come into their family and for me to develop this root system. And so we're going to dive right in this morning. And when I say this, it's because God started to stir something so deep in my heart. And I started to recognize that he was calling me to something. And it was to trust him. And the only way that he can build this trust is doing just that, building it. So my very first point here, if you're taking notes, is trust is built. Trust is what God is building through the process, and trust is what will get us through the process. And it starts with a promise. There are many of you in this room this morning that God has spoken a promise over your life. And then you shot off into a journey of ups and downs, a roller coaster ride, but so the journey began with a word. 
But by placing your trust in him, I'm telling you this morning that that word will come to life. I believe that David was only able to declare the truth of who God was is because he allowed God to build that in him through what experiences, constant questions. Do you trust me? Do you trust me with your daughter? Do you trust me with your son? Do you trust me with that relationship? Do you trust me with your calling? Do you trust me with that vision? Do you trust me with your promise? Do you trust me with your healing? That God is asking us that question so that he can build our trust in him. And something that I want to say this morning is that God wants to build that. So he's going to take us through different situations, different circumstances, so that he can do just that. Build our trust in him. The crazy thing is, is as he builds it, he often produces it. It's the thing that's going to get us through. But because God values this so much, something I learned at a very young age is that there's two sides to the story here. That if God values my trust so much, there's also somebody else in the game that wants that trust. So we shouldn't be surprised when the enemy targets our trust. And so I'm here this morning to tell you and hopefully bring some clarity to a season that you're in, that your trust is targeted. So I don't want us to be caught off guard when we feel like we're getting hit by the enemy because that's exactly what he wants to do. And so my second point here is that trust is targeted. And it has been this way from the very beginning. Genesis 3, 1, 5 says this, we have it up for you on the screens, that now the serpent, and this is the beginning of time, so this is talking about Adam and Eve, some of you are familiar with this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And the serpent says to the woman, you will certainly not die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now the enemy, my friends, has a strategy for this trust. So as God is developing this root system, there's going to be a target on that same trust. And what the enemy is going to try to do is to get you to doubt the trustworthiness of God. And it starts in the form of something so small, a question. Did God really say? When I was 19 years old and I gave my heart to Jesus, he also began to impart in me and give me visions of what my future would look like. He began to speak over my life and say, Tosh, I'm going to use you in an incredible way. I'm going to put you in a place that will give people the opportunity to respond to the gospel, to respond to me. But yet little did I know that journey when it began, I started to feel targeted. That the enemy would come as I'm just walking. Hey, did God really say that? Did he really say that you were called? Did he really say your sins are forgiven? Did he really say this? And so I ask you this morning, what is the enemy targeting in your life? 
Because I know that I know the end of the story. And so as we understand that as Jesus is building, that there's an enemy beside us trying to sow seeds of mistrust, we can fight him if we can recognize that that's him doing that. And he'll also try to get you to trust in anything besides God. So it's not necessarily that he even wants you to trust in him. It's potentially to trust in yourself. When I was when God was really moving in my life and really speaking to me and giving me words and, and dreams of being in ministry, of giving people an opportunity to respond to the gospel, I had this very thing happen to me. Not only the enemy, but let me tell you, if any of you know him, you know he doesn't fight fair. So if you're up against something this morning, I honestly believe that I'm up here to expose that. And say, you know what, that's not God speaking that discouragement into your life. It's the enemy trying to come against you because you know what? You have something waiting on that side that is going to be something incredible that you're going to do for God. The bigger the battle, the bigger the battle, the bigger the blessing that's waiting for you. If we can just look at him and say, you know what? I trust Jesus. I trust that he's going to do something. And what the enemy does is he discovers our deepest fears and longings and he exploits those areas of vulnerability. And mine happened to be my desire to be in ministry, my desire to speak into the lives of people, my desire to give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. But I had people in my life, even people that I loved, come into me and go, I. I don't know if that's true. You're just a kid. And I was like, I'm 19. What do you mean I'm just a kid? You know how old the disciples were? That was for somebody, some young person in here. Do you know how old they were? But even more so, I, I had a lid that was placed on me. That I wasn't even allowed to do certain things. Because I was just so, just wanting to do whatever God had in store for me. And I think it's funny that I, I say this, but people didn't know how to handle me. <laughs> right, mom and dad? Right. <laughs> Thanks, dad. But I really felt like I was in this place where the enemy had exposed my desire. That I was stripped away of opportunity. You know, I stand up here today living out a dream that God had placed in my life when I was 19 years old. I'm only 23, so you know it's not. Everyone's questioning now. I'm actually 28. <laughs> but God put something in my heart, and the enemy tried to expose it, and he used people that I loved to come in to my heart and try to sow mistrust, try to cause doubt. But what I recognize now and what I did at the time is that I tried to really understand and look for God and what he was doing. Because what I learned is those very same areas of vulnerability, those very same areas of weakness, the same areas of those longings that you have, the deepest desires of your heart, that that is the exact place that Jesus wants to meet you. So I find it to be very interesting that that it's all about perspective 
that your area of vulnerability, the area of your weakness, it's a battlefield of your trust. And so if you're experiencing a battle inside, I know that there were plenty of times that I was walking in and out of church and nobody knew the battle that was going on inside of me and now I understand what it was for. It was for tr my trust. So what are you trusting God for, church? What promise has he given you that hasn't come to fruition yet? Because I'm here to tell you that you didn't stumble into this battle. God led you there. But oftentimes I know for me, I started to really look at that and started to lift, take my eyes off of God and look at everyone around me, look at what they were saying. Their words started to become heavier started to become louder. But what I realized is that once something clicked where I recognized that Jesus led me there, that he was going to be there for me, and that he leads us into this place of vulnerability and of deep things in our hearts when they're exposed so that he can reveal himself to us and that he can prove to be the one who fulfills the promise. So I'm here to tell you this morning that the enemy isn't intimidated, or excuse me, God isn't intimidated by where you're at. That the very place that you are at right now is a battlefield for your trust. Because you are targeted, my friend. Because God has placed something inside of you that is going to change the world and bring people closer to him. And I want you to believe that this morning. I'm not just someone that's gonna come up here and say, you're gonna change the world just to say it. I'm going to say you're going to change the world because I believe it. I believe in this house. I believe in the people in this house. And I believe that we're going to impact our city. We're gonna impact this nation. We're gonna impact the world for the gospel, for the love of Jesus Christ. So what I say, I can't believe I'm saying this. Bring it on. You want a target? We know that our God wins. So as we shift into that understanding that God is not intimidated by the seasons that we're in, in fact, he wants us there. He wants us to be in a place where we're exposed. I remember being there. I was hiding under my desk in my bedroom, alone. Yes, I lived with my family, but I felt so alone. And my prayer to God was, God, can you just take me? I just want to be with you. Because I felt purposeless. I felt like what he had spoken to me was over. But it's in that very same place that he met me. I heard the audible voice of God speaking to me, get up. Trust me, trust me. Every single step that you take, trust me. He may not, friends, reveal to us what's on the other step, what's on the other side of that step of our obedience and trusting him, but I'm telling you this morning that it's a promise, it's your promise coming to fruition. I did this this, this morning as an illustration, <laughs> very small, but as I was sitting down here, Nervous, shaking, hearing just different, different voices coming into my head. And we sang that song that says, 
the great I am, that Jesus is here. What he asked me to do even this morning is, Tosh, do you trust me? Take a step. Take another one. (laughs) Take a few. Because I'm sitting there waiting for you. I'm waiting there just for you. And so what I would like us to say, friends, is here is that trust is something that we need to choose to do. And so we have my my third point here, and I'm going to get through this quickly. Don't worry. That's that trust is a choice. And Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says this, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own understanding and insight. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make your path straight. That as we choose to lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord, that he is going to come through for you. He's going to come through for us. The crazy thing is, is even in the beginning of this scripture, it says lean on, trust in, and be confident in. And I think to myself, that is a place of weakness when I need to lean on something. So here, I, it says it right here, lean on. Lean on him. Because he's trustworthy. But it's our choice to lean on him. But even as we desire to lean on him, he will give us the grace to do it. That we're not even alone in our choosing to lean on him. He's right there going like this. Lean on me. Because he wants us to know him. He's not asking us to trust him blindly. He's not asking us to trust in someone you don't know. This journey of you getting to know him is what he wants. He wants your trust as you get to know him. And that's exactly how we prepare for tests. These trust tests. That's a mouthful. And in Psalms 9:10 it says, "And those who know your name will put their trust in you." Those who know your name For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. And so as we want to build this unshakable trust in God and to pass your trust test that each of us are in, we have to allow God to teach us how to trust him, to teach us how to be intimate with him, to teach us how to depend on him, but it all comes from experience. So there are a few people in this room I'm believing that you're in this very moment where God's building your trust. He's asking you, go deeper. When I left the church that I was a part of, I never thought I'd ever have a church family ever again. I never thought that my roots would be able to go down deep. It's because I questioned, I doubted. But God said, Tosh, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not intimidated by, your, by your, your unbelief. I'm not intimidated by your doubt. I'm gonna prove it to you. And so you may be able to relate to that or whatever it may be that God is asking you to trust with. 
trust him with. That he wants you to know that he's trustworthy. And to finish your notes here, this personal knowledge comes from two things. One is learning his voice. I go back to that time under my desk where I asked Jesus to just take me like Elijah, just to go up with him and just leave everything behind. I go back to that moment because that's where I heard his voice. And so as we learn his voice, God will put us in situations where we need to hear from him. The second thing is to learn his character. And again, this comes from experience. I believe that David was, be, was able to declare, God, you're my rock. It's because he had situations in his life where Jesus had to be. So I pray a dangerous prayer this morning saying, God, I want to know you that way. I want to know you that you're not a God that you shall lie. I want to know you as my perfect heavenly father. I want to know you as loving and kind. And I want to know that you're faithful. But it takes a process of developing our root system that's going to build this trust. So I just want to encourage somebody this morning that as we close, that the very place that you are right now, the battle that's going on inside of you, you're right where you're supposed to be. But if I can encourage you this morning or even just be a testimony to the choice of choosing God, I ask you this morning, trust him. And if you're saying, I don't know you, Tosh, I don't know why I would trust you to trust God, I just ask you for this. Be open to allowing him to prove himself to you. Because he wants to. That blows my mind. That the, He doesn't have to do anything for us. That He's already done it all. He went to the cross for our sins so that we may have eternal life. That should be enough. But instead, he says, no, what? I'll keep going daily, daily, that next step for you because I want you. He wants you. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants you to depend on him. He doesn't want you to go alone. And so as we close this morning, I just am going to pray because I'm honestly believing that Jesus is going to speak to somebody this morning. And so if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes, because I feel like there are two, two groups of people that I want to pray for this morning. And then we'll go ahead and transition the service. But as you, as you close your eyes, just let me pray for you. I believe that there are some people here in this room that you've never trusted Jesus before that I'm up here standing here talking about this man that you don't know, and you don't, but you, there's something in you that's stirring. I'm telling you right now, that's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus, he's knocking. Hey, let me in. 
I believe that he's asking you this morning to let him in. There's another group of people that I believe that you've taken back the trust. You once gave him everything, but because of your situation and your circumstances, you said you took it back. God's here this morning, arms wide open, ready to say, I'll take it back from you. Let me hold it as you trust me. And then, then there are some people that my heart just cries out to. And it's those people who are and have been trusting God for something that you've allowed him to take those roots down deeper and deeper, but you're getting weary. It is in that very element, that very place of vulnerability where Jesus is gonna meet you. So I pray that he refreshes you this morning, that he is not a God that he shall lie. And so the promise that he's given you, hold on my friend, hold on because he's about to come through. He's about to reveal himself to you. He's about to fulfill the promise in your life. Hold on. Do you trust me? Yes, God, I do. Yes, Jesus, I trust you this morning. And Jesus, I just come before you this morning, God. God, and I pray for those people, Jesus. I pray right now that if someone's not trusted you before, God, that you just would begin to show them even elements of their seasons in the past that you've been there when they didn't know you were there, God. Stir their heart to give their trust to you this morning to give it back to you this morning. And God, I pray for those people who have been holding on for dear life to the promise that you've given them, Jesus. I pray right now that as they continue to trust in you, that you would continue to dwell in their hearts. And as they're established, as they're